0: morning, everyone. Um, grab a water or a coffee and grab a seat. There's also some Christmas thing, things at the back there if anyone wants to grab a little snack at some point. Um, welcome, it's really good to see you here. Um, this is the second in, my, in two parts on uh, the lead up to Alpha. So last week I talked about uh, the gospel, what the gospel is, why it's good news. And I also talked about what the Alpha course is. So if you missed that, it's uh, on the website and on the podcast. Have a listen. Um, Give you a little bit of recap on Alpha and what that is. There we go. The Alpha course, it is a 10-week course where we look at different aspects of uh, the Christian faith, different aspects of the hope that we have. And we would share a meal every night, have a talk or a video, and then have an opportunity to ask questions, chat about that. ask all the big questions of life, um, and hopefully come away with some answers. And it's how I personally came into a relationship with Jesus, and I shared my story of that last week. So please do have a listen to that. I'll talk more about that over the next um, 15, 20 minutes or so. So today, though, so last week I talked about what the good news is, and today I want to talk a little bit about sharing the good news. Now, sometimes it's called evangelism. And where that comes from, it's windy in here, goodness. (laughs) Where that comes from is a Greek word called uh, Evangelion, which is the root of the word gospel as well. It means good news, it means sharing the good news, sharing the hope that we have. And it was used in all sorts of ways, well not all sorts of ways, in one way in um, ancient Greek manuscripts, so it would often be around sharing the good news of the new emperor or sharing the good news of a new baby or in this case, sharing the good news of the hope we have because of Jesus and what he's done for us. And we all do it. We all share good news from time to time. Maybe there we have a new niece or nephew or son or daughter. We share the good news of this baby. Or we share the good news of a movie last night. My wife and um, Ruth's mum and I watched a film called The Lost City. Total escapism, definitely recommend it. Four out of five, worth watching. Or we share the good news of a new cafe or a new restaurant or whatever it might be. We share the gospel of these things. The thing is, Jesus told us really directly that we should share the good news about him. In what is sometimes called the Great Commission in Matthew 28, he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And that go and make disciples of all nations is really about sharing the good news, sharing why we have hope, sharing the hope we have. And littered through the New Testament in particular, there are lots of examples of that. And the best book to see examples of this is the book of Acts, which if you haven't read it, I would recommend it. Read Luke and then Acts, both written by Luke. But Acts is this fantastic story it just leads you from the point at which the disciples are um, kind of a bit scared. Jesus is gone. What's happening next? He's promised some sort of help. They're in a room. Everything goes crazy. The Holy Spirit comes. And then you have the story of how um, the early disciples start sharing the gospel. People start getting saved just in the shadow of Peter. Then you have Saul who persecuted people, killed Stephen coming to faith, being blinded and seeing, and then going through Asia and Europe. Anyway, recommend it as a book to read, the book of Acts. But we find in the book of Acts chapter 8 a story about someone called Philip and an Ethiopian. So if you have a Bible on your phone, if you've got a hard copy one, uh, do turn to it, Acts chapter 8. I forgot to write down the verses, but it, hopefully the headings should lead you to it, Philip and the Ethiopian. Or just close your eyes, sit back, and uh, listen to to me reading it, Acts chapter 8, now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, so he started out, on his way he met an Ethiopian, this man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, on his way home he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah, the Holy Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah. And he said, do you understand what you're reading? How can I, the Ethiopian said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. And this is the passage of scripture he was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before Its shearer is silent, he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from earth. The Ethiopian asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about? Is it himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus, the gospel. So as they traveled along the road, they came across some water. And the Ethiopian said, look, here's some water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? I.e., can you please baptize me? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the Ethiopian went down into the water and Philip baptized him. Now, I love this story. There's so much in there. I could spend like an hour talking about this. I'm not going to. But there's so much. There's, There's Philip's zeal. He doesn't sort of like stroll up to this chariot. He runs. He, has, he can hear the Holy Spirit's prompting, and he runs. And not only that, when he gets there, he knows the question to ask. And then he's able to share the gospel to unpack the good news and then baptize someone right there. That is a powerful story. And to give you a bit of background on Philip, we meet him first in a couple of chapters earlier, in chapter 6, I believe, where he is one of the seven chosen to look after the poor and he would have also been one of the group one of the earlier disciples who were devoting themselves to the apostles teaching that means the leaders teaching to fellowship which means um, worshiping God and being other being around other believers breaking of bread which means communion or the Lord's supper and prayer he would have been one of the ones devoting themselves to the apostles teaching to fellowship to breaking of bread and to prayer And through those things, I believe they would have become close to God. Their faith in God would have been fired up through the time they're spending in prayer, the time they're spending in worship, the time they're spending sharing in the Lord's Supper, remembering all that Jesus has done for them. And wouldn't it be amazing if we all had this same fire, the same fire that led Philip to run to the chariot, not just stroll? Wouldn't it be amazing if we had that every day? But the trouble is, there's an elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is that we can find this stuff hard. Sometimes it can be really intimidating or just a bit difficult to share the gospel. And I think there's a few reasons for this. I think one of them is that we're worried people don't want to hear it. Or that we're worried of rejection. If we're sharing it with someone we're close to, we're worried they might push back and it might be a bit of a in our relationship with them. Or sometimes we're worried they might ask a difficult question. Something about creation versus evolution. How do I answer that? Are they gonna ask that? And by the way, Alpha is the place to go. Like if you've got, uh, if, if you're worried that someone's gonna have those questions, come yourself to Alpha. Some of those things are talked about, but also invite them because actually that's a great place to, to learn to ask all the questions one has and have someone else answer them for you. So, another bug for Alpha. Um, Or maybe sometimes, another reason we might find it difficult is because we struggle with our own faith. And we all go through times when we we have doubts, we might question things, and we think, well, if I'm questioning it, how am I going to share the good news with someone else? And the, the strange thing is, actually, when we do speak out our hope, when we do speak out the facts of what Jesus has done for us, that speaks to us as much as it does the person you're speaking to. And I don't think, actually, we're meant to be finding it as hard as it sometimes can be. I was watching a talk about this the other day, and the guy, I'm not sure it's a super theological phrase, but he said, you know, we're meant to go from glory to glory, not bummer to bummer. right? It's not meant to be going from difficult interaction to difficult interaction. And so I've got a few thoughts on how to make it a bit easier and a bit more natural. If we could have the next slide, please. Thank you. So I've got it in three. If every, all good things come in threes. I couldn't find a good acronym, so we're going to have to go with this. Um, pray, remember, and be deliberate. So I believe through doing these three things, actually talking about the gospel, sharing the good news, showing the hope we have can become a lot more natural and just flow out of us more easily. (laughs) So firstly, pray. And that is in the biggest, boldest writing out of the three of them. And there's a reason for that. Of the foundation, all of this has got to be prayer. Just spending time with the Father spending time with God and it's the same in interactions we become close with people and we know it right we become close with friends or relatives when we spend time with them if we don't we drift apart and the same is true of God spending time in prayer and in worship brings us closer we're reminded of all the reasons that for our faith We're reminded of the cross that he died to destroy sin and death so that we don't have to be under the shackles of sin and we have hope for the future. We don't have to be scared of death. And then he rose on the third day to show us there is hope for all of us to be resurrected into heaven. So there is the hope that we're reminded of in prayer. And there's also just the depth of relationship. The Holy Spirit will us as we spend time with the Lord and bring us peace that surpasses understanding. You will speak to us, bring us joy, and give us boldness. As well as um, praying generally to spend time with God, I think we should also be praying specifically for people to be speaking to, to share the good news. Specifically for boldness. For example, this week I prayed on Monday. I thought I'd better uh, practice what I'm preaching, right? Literally. so <laughs> On Monday I prayed... Lord, please put in front of me people I can share the good news with. And on Wednesday, I I help out at Food Bank. There were these two awesome brothers who came along, just the loveliest people. And I had the privilege of uh, sharing the gospel with them, praying with them, giving them the gospel of Mark, inviting them to church, inviting them to Alpha. And they just, they seemed to really um, connect with, I think, with what I was saying. Um, And that was just a privilege to be able to do that. And two nights ago, we went to our next-door neighbors, and we were chatting. It was the first time we'd really met them. They're, they're new in the neighborhood, so we thought, let's meet up. They invited us to a barbecue. And um, they said, oh, so how did, how did you come to faith? And what an opportunity. I'm not sure I gave the best answer, but it was right there, right? And that's, I believe, only because, um, well, I, not, like God, I prayed to God, and he put those people in front of me. I think there was real power in being specific in asking for that. So, the second thing is remember. And that's about remembering what the hope is, why we have the hope, remembering what Jesus has done for us, remembering what happened on the cross and why that is important. That through the cross, we are freed of sin, we are freed of death, and actually we're freed of um, those things that hold us down. Regrets, the power of sin in our life, Through the cross, Jesus has given us hope. And we'll also, let's remind ourselves of those times in our lives when we've been close, when we felt close to the Lord. Those times in our life when, if we know the Lord, maybe he's healed something. Maybe there's been a change in situation that's been miraculous in the result of prayer. Maybe it's a sense of his love in our lives. And write them down. Write these things down and let them excite you. Let them fire you up. Just... Have a list and come back to that list. I mentioned last week we have a family book of faith with this. We come back to it to remind ourselves when we feel a bit dry of those times when God has done amazing things. Or when we just have felt close to him. or just simply exactly what he's done for us on the cross. A bit like the woman at the well. I'm not going to read the whole story. But if you're, um, there's there's a story where Jesus goes up to a well on a hill. And there's a woman there who is ashamed of her life. Jesus brings hope to her, explains the gospel, and she runs to her village and explains it to her, uh, the people in her village, and then they are, they all go and see Jesus. They want to hear what Jesus has to say. There is power in being excited, it brings authenticity and excitement to when we share. And finally, be deliberate. Be deliberate in the places we go. Be deliberate. If you go to the hairdresser or barber, go into the same place, get to know the people. The coffee shop, get to know the barista, get to know the waiters, the waitresses who work in there. Build relationships, be deliberate about it. Because it's in relationship that most often we share the gospel because it will come out. When we talk about our hope, when we talk about our lives, it will come out. Be deliberate in where you go and be consistent. Be deliberate in our conversations too. Be deliberate in Just being open about our faith, about the fact we go to church, when we're going through a tough time, that actually it's through Jesus that often we find the most hope. Be deliberate, be open about these things. And be deliberate in what we carry with us. At the back, there are some alpha cards. On everyone's seats, there should be some alpha cards. Carry a few in in your bag, in your rucksack, just to give out in conversation. Let's be deliberate. And finally, I know it's not one of these three, but we're not actually selling something people don't want or don't need, more accurately. We are sharing hope, and we are sharing joy. It's perhaps the most important news in the universe that we're sharing. It's the difference between death and life, between despair and hope. When we share the good news, We are sharing the joy and the peace and the hope that can never perish, never spoil, and never fade. We are sharing the deepest, most profound hope for now and for all eternity. But it's enough hearing from me. I'm actually gonna talk to two people now. Uh, My beautiful wife Ruth and my good friend Mark um, are gonna come and share, hopefully up here, about um, their experience of sharing the gospel. Oh, thanks for coming up the front. Um, I have two questions for each of you. First question is, what is your approach to sharing the gospel? And the second is, can you share a couple of examples? Mark.
1: Hey. <clears throat> it's, um... quite nerve-wracking being up here. It, it, if you do this in youth, you're way, like, way more likely to get heckled. <laughs> so, um... I think, um... I think be totally dependent Uh, I was praying about we know what to say Um, I think just being totally dependent and spirit-led because we can't lead anyone to Jesus that the father's not already leading to Jesus Um, and Jesus says that whoever the whoever the father draws to me um, you know uh, it will come to me and uh, we we can't manufacture that so just in that that Acts 8, was it? Where Philip's, uh, the, whole, the whole thing starts because the Spirit says, go run up to that chariot. And Philip's like, okay, I don't know what's going to happen next. But, you know, he, presumably it's moving quite quickly. as well. he runs. He's like, okay, hey, it's a bit strange this. but um, So I, for me, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, uh, you can really preach the gospel to anyone. Uh, you don't have to, they don't have to be your buddy. Uh, if I find it's harder sometimes to like, you know, talk to your mom about Jesus than it is someone you haven't met um, before. But I think with that, the, the, the way I do it, to actually answer your question, is um, uh, the first thing I'll say to someone is, do you pray? Because then you're kind of assessing, like, is this person seeking the Lord? Is there anything going on at all? Is, is the Father drawing this person? Um, and then my favorite way of sharing the good news is, um, is Jesus at the door? I don't know if you guys know that, but it's just a kind of eight-step way of taking someone to salvation from like a standing start. So um, you say, uh, you do pray, so like, are they engaging? If the answer is no, just move on. Then um, uh, I show them a picture that I've got on my phone of Jesus knocking at the door of a big heart. I just say, it's a picture of Jesus knocking at the door of your heart, but the handle's on your side. You've got to open it. Um, and, uh, and then the, the actual gospel is that their debts have been paid. Their, their, their sin debt has been cancelled, it's done. So we're saying if you, carry, if, if you put all your sins in, in a bag on your back, everything you ever done wrong in a bag on your back, would it be heavy or light? And people generally say yeah, there's some weight to it. You say, well, that's your debt towards God, and there's nothing that you can do to pay it off. But if you owed the bank like a million pounds, and I wrote you a check for a million pounds, and you took it to the bank, What's going to happen to your debt? So They say, well, it's, you know, it's been, if, if you're getting engagement, you know, they'll say, well, it's, it's paid. And then they just preach the gospel to themselves. And you say, well, that's what Jesus did for you on the cross. Um, and he's here. Do you want to meet him? And then you, can, you, know, you kind of lead people through that. Yeah. So why don't I let Ruth have a go? Sure. And, and then Sounds we can, good. yeah. Okay.
0: Thanks, Mark.
2: Thanks, Mark. Um, I used to hate evangelism like I'd go on stuff at church and I'd be like oh I just hate it because it felt really contrived to me and so I think for me it was a bit of a breakthrough when I just um, decided I suppose to give as much legitimacy to what I believed as to what other people believed so that I didn't worry about whether I might offend them because like well it's just what I'm believing I'm not ramming it down your throat I'm just saying this is my experience and so I say to people, you know, as people who don't know Jesus, I'll tell them our stories of what God does in our lives and I'll just say, um, I'm a Christian and so we pray about things and we were praying and this happened and I just tell them stuff and I don't really worry about whether they think that's weird. I just, because it's just part of my life, like it's just part of our story. And so, you know, a lot of decisions about what job I take or how things open up or where we move to or don't move to and all these sorts of things, they come by prayer and so I just help people that. And I think the more I do that, the less weird I feel about it. And I always just put, well, I'm a Christian, and so this is how we do it. Um, I think my aim is really to show people that the wisdom of God makes sense in everything and that we can all benefit from the wisdom of God in our lives um, and in our workplaces. And I want them to see the difference that it makes when you know that this is not all that there is when you don't just have to live for everything that's in front of you, and that there is, like, God has a purpose for us, there is a life after death, like all those things. I want them to see the peace that comes from that through how we live our lives and the things that we say. Um, So I'll give you a couple of examples. At my work, I'm part of, so I'm an HR director. Um, So I get involved with the diversity and inclusion group at work. and we were having some like really tense conversations around target setting and how aggressive we wanted to be with like setting certain targets. And I felt really quite uncomfortable about some of them. And so I just prayed before the meeting. I was actually on holiday at the time, but I thought I've got to join this meeting because this is just going in a direction I don't feel comfortable with. And I prayed before the meeting. I was like, God, what, what can I do? Like, because it's quite a sensitive and political topic, right? Um, and anyway, so I was just on this call and I just felt God say, like share the difference course. And we'd been doing the difference course in church. And so I just said, well, um, at my church, we've been doing this course and it's based around these three premises of like, you know, be present, be curious, reimagine. And I explained what they were. I talked about the archbishop and, and everyone just went, that's so good. Like that just totally, you know, just redefined it and took it to a place I hadn't thought about. They were so in the detail of it. And consequently, a couple of them reached out to me, where can I do this course? Like, how can I find out more about it? And it's changed the tone of all our diversity inclusion meetings, and now they're they're on this basis of like, how can we just be present with everybody rather than certain people pushing certain agendas? And it just has really unlocked that. And that that to me is just like taking the wisdom of God into the places that we go and letting people know that we can all benefit from that, you know? another example like when we were doing this series on sustainability we were talking about that at work because they were planning for a new office and there were lots of conversations about like sustainability and so i was just chatting to some people at a drinks thing i was like, oh we've been talking about that at church and actually i did a talk about it Um, and i had a chat to some of my colleagues about that and then i sent them the link to the talk and they amazingly listened um and a couple of them spoke to me about it afterwards and they're like oh that's really like i just didn't know churches talked about that you know and it's Just assuming that a lot of people actually haven't heard about Jesus or they might have heard things but not the truth and not really and so i just take it as like well i just want you to know really that i want people to be curious i suppose um and so the alpha course for me is the sort of thing like if we speak about it enthusiastically because people like us they'll probably come um and it's a really big difference like there's this thing you should go and do it or I'm going, to, I'm going to this course, do you want to come with me? It's like two very different things. And I've been to part of a church before that really wanted to grow the church through Alpha, not just by people moving it was a church plant, didn't want to just take people from other churches. And we all did this, like they put the whole church through Alpha, and we all just brought people. Um, and people came, and I was really surprised that actually when you ask people, they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds interesting, I'll come. Um, and if we don't make it weird, we're just like, yeah, I think you'd... Your life would benefit from this. My life's going to benefit from this. So let's just do it together.
0: Thanks. I've got one here. Uh, Mark, have you got any examples of when you've um, shared the gospel? I I do. Yeah. Yeah. You (laughs) did. You nailed it. I I was not like doing
1: my homework properly. Um, Yes, I do. And also lots of examples of of people saying, like, don't talk to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And examples where you're like, yeah. Uh, so let me give you one. So a mate of mine um, I met up with a few months ago, first time in a few years, and we, went, we were at a swanky restaurant in London. Uh, he was paying, and he's like a banker guy. And uh, uh, he's like, what's up with you? What's been going on? Um, you know, what's new? And uh, so I said, well, uh, various things, but God's t- tapped me on the shoulder a couple of years ago and just been drawing me back to him. Um, and, he's, and we talked a bit about that, and, and then I just asked him, do you pray? And he said, well, I used to a little bit, you know. And so then I just shared the gospel with him. I said what I just said before. And, um, and then I said, do you want to, uh, you know, Jesus is actually here. Do you want to meet him? And um, can, can you see the wind? He said, No see it but I can feel it yes it's the same with Jesus he came back from the dead he's here now you can't see him I might never rule it out right but you can't see him you can feel his presence like the wind Um, so should we just pray that you know you feel his presence like the wind and so we did that and um, you know he's like what are you what are you doing to me (laughs) what's going on in the the Holy because if you ask the Holy Spirit to come the Holy Spirit comes right it's a promise and um, I said, you want to let him in? Because faith is just speaking out with your, with your mouth. It's just putting words around something that you want. Um, and so he prayed to let Jesus into his heart. And then we prayed some more together. And now we're, like, our relationships changed. We'd send each other Bible verses. And um, he bought his first physical Bible, actually, recently. So I, I got a few stories like that. But, um. I think what the Lord wants to do today, uh, I think He wants to encourage us, uh, me as well, um, the power of the declaration out loud and in our own hearts, the power of the declaration that your sin debt is paid, that your debts are paid, that it's done, that it's finished. Uh, because it, the, the Bible says that the, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And when we speak it out, we don't need to argue with anyone. you could have the most um, atheistic, intelligent, you know. um, My co-founder at work said he used to be the best possible, you know, argumenter, like debater against God. And one day he just met him, and now he doesn't do that anymore because he's like, okay, right. But when we speak the gospel, when we speak that out, that your debts are paid, that your sins are forgiven, that has a power to it that you go straight to the spirit, bypasses the head, bypasses the emotions, and... Um, Yeah.
0: Thank you both so much. I'll get a round of applause for Mark and Ruth. (laughs) So I really wanted to hear from Mark and Ruth because I know um, how deliberate they both are in different ways of sharing the gospel. And also I know from being on online prayer with Mark and and obviously being married to Ruth how prayerful they are. So. I hope you found that helpful in just showing different ways of sharing the gospel. So now um, we're going to do something a little different. I'm um, just going to spend five minutes chatting with the people around you just about what the good news means to you.